G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, checking in with Family Voice Australia, Greg Bondar is State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Hello, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Delighted to be here as usual. Mm. Hey, Greg, on Tuesday night... Another one of your famous webinars and entitled How in God's Name Should I Vote? You had a panel on hand and uh, some interesting findings. What was the uh, webinar about and and how did it all go? Yeah, thank you, Neil. As you know, um, politicians are very hard to uh, say what they really want to say. And this was found out on Tuesday (laughs) night. The, the whole idea of the of the webinar was to try and get some feedback from the various sort of minor parties and indeed the major parties as well on on what's going to be the electoral climate in a few weeks' time. So what we did was we had a webinar. We had, uh, interestingly, Bob Catter, the Catter Australia Party, a Queenslander, as you know, George Christensen, another Queenslander, uh, Liberal National uh, Party. And, of course, we had... Uh, Deborah O'Neill, who's the um, Senator um, spokesperson, really much, pretty much for the uh, uh, Labor Christian vote, so to speak. Uh, now, Pauline Hanson was meant to come on board, but I think either she got delayed or got sick or something. She never managed to make the webinar. But that said, Neil, I have to tell you that, uh, wow, weren't, were, the sparks were flying. I have to tell you, between Bob Catter and Labor, and, and um, it was interesting to see the dynamics. Uh, very quickly, Neil... I think you, you you need to know that, uh, and I'm 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 sort of quite impressed myself. And uh, as you know, Family Voice does not tell you how to vote; it tells you what the policies are, and then you take your own biblical world view on how you apply your voting uh, privilege. Uh, so that was pretty much the case. But Deborah O'Neill came out pretty strong, very much a staunch Catholic. Uh, Neil, mm-hmm. she um, act- actually committed herself to supporting the right of faith schools to employ teachers and also for for the um, commitment to faith to be consistent with the ethos of the school when employing teachers. So that was pretty encouraging and uh, she went, even, even went far as to commit labour to making sure that the religious discrimination bill or a form of the religious discrimination bill would was going to be introduced should they be elected, Neil. <clears throat> uh, well, it's interesting, isn't it? You have a panel, and uh, listeners will know the names George Christensen, a well-known, uh, really mm. out there Christian, mm. a very strong Christian foundation to everything he does personally and politically. Uh, Bob Catter, who was my guest uh uh, a while back, and uh, and I had Bob on for an hour, and uh, and I thought, well, we'll spend probably the first part of the conversation talking about Christianity, and uh, and the rest of the time we'll probably be talking about policy things with Bob. But you know what? He insisted on talking through the whole hour uh, about Christian faith and uh, yeah. his own uh, personal convictions. Uh, at that time, uh, not such a regular church goer, but certainly. 
uh, on those issues around Australia's Christian heritage. And so did that Christian heritage focus come out in conversation with him on the the webinar? Yeah. Uh, Neil, I have to tell you that Bob Cutter, you know, uh, uh, I had all these political questions ready to go, electoral questions ready to go, but Bob took the stage and he was very, very uh, vocal in his outlining of the role that Christianity has played in Australia's development, in particular, as you mentioned, Christian heritage. Bob also mentioned, and I have to tell you that he was very committed to this and and, and criticised Labor for for Labor's record on abortion, and, of course, also critical of Coalition's uh, failed attempt on religious discrimination bill. But Bob continued to talk about his faith, fact that he, you know, he believes that Christians ought to be respected, they have a voice in Parliament, they have a voice in the electorate, and and like you said, Neil, he was very, very vocal in talking about faith and Christianity as opposed to politics in, in terms of, you know, what the issues would be for the next election, but very, very vocal. And likewise, George Christensen, a wonderful man in, in the sense that he is a committed Christian too. He, he, he made sure that he was very, very uh, vocal about his uh, Born Alive bill. But in particular, he said we needed a religious discrimination bill. And I have to say, Neil, that I congratulate George Christensen and Deborah O'Neill as well, because they both gave public uh, condolences to the to the death of um, uh, Kitchener, the, the politician, as you know, Kimberly Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and 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 that in itself was a, a good indication of how how you know politics are all put aside when you recognise the, the commitment of fellow colleagues in Parliament. Now, just picking up on Deborah O'Neill for a moment, uh, mm-hmm. a Labor senator, so a backbench Labor senator, and uh, committing to. Uh, I guess her own personal uh, thoughts about uh, progressing a religious discrimination bill or some form of it, uh, that obviously, uh, you know, it may be a positive, but uh, she wouldn't really be speaking on behalf of the Labor Party when making a uh, a commitment like that. So I imagine uh, that's nice to hear personally from one uh, member, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't necessarily represent necessarily the, the whole view of Labor, do you think? No, look, that's a good point, Neil. Look, I have to, I have to say that in talking to Deborah, Deborah O'Neill on the webinar, now she was she came all the way from Indonesia. She she came, you know, hooked in from Indonesia. She was there at a at a parliamentary um, uh, conference, and um, she was saying, and I was so impressed personally, but by the fact that she is a committed Christian, uh, regular churchgoer, uh, a staunch Catholic, and she she personally not only you know, personally, but also believe that the party ought to be defending the right of uh, schools um, to be employing people of faith. But in her address, I think that if you read between the lines, I think there is commitment, and I've had this from the uh, opposition leader's office to some degree, that some form of a religious discrimination bill will be implemented should they be elected. So that's encouraging, Neil, but of course we don't know the final details, we don't know the fine print, but Deborah O'Neill has committed to saying that Labor will look at it. Now, again, to what, you know, you know what politicians' promises are like, Neil? 
you know, things change. Um, but if you take it on face value, that's very encouraging. Perhaps this is just perception, Greg, but up until recently, it was very rare uh, to hear anybody on the Labor side of politics, mm. whether federal or state, even talking about their religious foundations and uh, connections. And so all of a sudden, uh, we're hearing all sorts of uh, religious connections, especially after the South Australian uh, state election, uh, mm. where the new Premier there is, uh, you know, is uh, that uh, Catholic foundation uh, to his faith. And now we're hearing from uh, another yeah. senator. And there's a certain sense in which. Uh, perhaps, and we were talking about this uh, some time back, uh, mm. the thought that uh, in the last federal election, uh, the Labor Party had completely ignored any faith foundations and ignored mm. the Christian community and perhaps mm. that they might have learned some lessons and uh, are now talking about faith more. Absolutely. As you, as you know, you know, their own internal review of the 2019 election indicated one of the reasons for their failure was the lack of engagement with the Christian community. And on, and on projections at the moment, that's around, around about 14 million people, Neil. So we're talking about a substantial uh, vote, voter number here. And, uh, and, and, to, and any political party that ignores the Christian vote is, is in peril of losing their support. So really, Neil, I think they've learned their lesson. You're quite right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, surveys that happen before elections and uh, painting a picture and perhaps sometimes truthful and sometimes uh, with deception as a motive. Uh, let's just talk about this uh, in a sort of a holding mm. on to things lightly here, but some yeah. new research uh, revealing Australians' distrust uh, for our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, uh, turning them off uh, his government. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the detail here? Look, Neil, I am always sceptical of research. Uh, but however, Roy Morgan Research, quite a reputable organisation, they do this quite regularly before an election. And, um, and, and I was staggered to find the results, but not surprised in many ways, Neil, because it's interesting that this research was done in particular straight after some failures like the religious discrimination bill. Um, there was also a, a, a national um, crime uh, watchdog, you know, the, the, uh, that, that was proposed as well. But when this came out, I was staggered to see that um, Scott Morrison was the least trustworthy politician in Australia. Now, guess what? Followed, of course, by Barnaby Joyce and Peter Dutton, according to the research. So, look, I'm quite concerned, but this, there's a message here for all of us as Christians to make sure that we continue... We continue to engage with our politicians and make sure that our voice is heard. As I said before, 14 million Christians in Australia at, at the last, last count. So there is a big voice there to be had. So, but generally, Neil, surveys are quite, quite um, sceptical at best because I just very quickly, I cannot believe that the most trusted politicians are but this is what Roy Morgan survey said. Okay. Penny Wong, number one, <laughs> you know, yep. and Anthony Albanese, number two, Tanya Plibersek, three, Mark McGowan, who closes the borders, is number four. But Jackie Lamb is in there, but I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite uh, impressed by Gladys Berejiklian also making the list because she, she was a trustworthy premier. 
in her day, Neil. Well, depending on what side of politics you typically favour as to whether you think that is a survey with integrity or not, Greg. (laughs) Well, with surveys, when they come out just before elections, now, Neil, this is not a surprise, it's somebody that Labor were in power, surveys tend to always favour the opposition in many ways. But people are, you know, not happy with government, not happy with what's happened to them, not happy with the fact that we've had COVID and they blame that on government as well. So surveys will work against the, the government in power of the day. But interestingly, it also sends a message, you know, why is this, you know, why has Scott Morrison alienated, according to the survey, the the general Australian community? So some good lessons there, Neil. Typically, the scepticism amongst Australians, uh, I wonder if you've got any comment on uh, things that you might have gleaned uh, over the times, Greg, but uh, we are Tend, we tend to be sceptical, or at least we think uh, most people tend to be sceptical. Maybe most people are gullible. I don't know. Uh, uh, but so far as a natural scepticism, or is this an Aussie virtue that we might be sceptical before elections and perhaps even sceptical of all sides of politics? I mean, politicians themselves don't always uh, hold a high degree of trust. And so when you sort of separate the, you know, the good ones and bad ones, uh, what are your thoughts about scepticism? Yeah, look, I think generally the Australian public is sceptical of politicians. Uh, there are reasons for that, and uh, you only have to watch, uh, watch the, uh, the, the, the promises that each politician makes before an election. doesn't matter which side of government it's on. Uh, very rarely are they carried through when they come to power. Now, from my Christian perspective, Neil, I look at Romans 13.1. Let every person be subject, subjected to the governing authorities. Okay, fine. But Neil, I also look at Acts 5.29. Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. In other words, my view is we obey government up to the point that it conflicts with our faith. Now, unfortunately, when poor old Scott Morrison tried to introduce the Religious Discrimination Bill, what happened? It got shelved. He found it too difficult. Labor were prepared to go with it. But when something like that happens, that resonates with the whole Australian community and understandably, and maybe strategically, this survey was done to show that these sort of actions by a Prime Minister or a government will result in lack of confidence within that person and government, Neil. Some evidence suggesting that uh, in the recent South Australian state election, evangelical voters uh, were the ones who were sceptical. And sometimes we talk about swinging voters. We might call them uh, the most sceptical. A thought or two here from you, Greg. You've been around politics for a long time. Is it a good thing, do you think, to be a swinging voter or is it a good thing to be rusted on to your side of politics? Well, you vote according to your biblical conscience now. So I'm not a swinging voter. Um, I have my set ethos, my values, and I, de- and I make sure whichever political party is in power, what does it offer for me as a Christian? How can it best serve the, 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 the family, freedom, my faith? And that's what you should look at. Uh, you know, th- there is a case to be had for swinging voters, but 
generally, I think you need to identify what your ethos and morals are and you go along with that. Now, I've got to tell you, Neil, it's not always, you know, I get criticised for being pro-liberal or pro-coalition. We are apolitical, and I've, I haven't belonged to a political party now for over well, 10 years, I think, um, because I can't in full conscience speak about a political party if I'm a member of one. So I don't belong to any political party at all. Swinging voting's not good, but certainly make sure that you examine your conscience and your biblical worldview and then vote accordingly, Neil. Uh, Voting according to a Christian conscience, that's something no doubt we'll be talking about in the lead-up to the federal election. Hey, just quickly, another issue, a new scheme uh, to keep children safe in New South Wales, a child-safe scheme. Uh, It's uh, commenced this week and it'll impact churches, Greg. Yeah, look, very much, look, I've got to mention this now because it's not only for New South Wales, I think every church in Australia needs to have a look at this because of the New South Wales Child Safe uh, Scheme commenced uh, this week. It will have an impact on churches. In particular, you know, Neil, churches, you've got youth groups, you've got uh, boys' clubs, girls' clubs, you've got, you know, young youth camps, and we've got to make sure that each and every one of those volunteer people uh, church people that are engaged in these particular groups are aware that of, of, of the obligations they have. Now, recently, Neil, I don't know if you've been following the press, but we've had a lot of media attention about teachers that have abused their right as a teacher and uh, uh, they've, they've abused children. And, and, and as a result, there was a Royal Commission of Inquiry and there was another one, the Royal Commission of Inquiry into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse what's the one I'm referring to, that has brought to light some real issues. So I think, Neil, churches need to revisit their safety plans, their risk assessment, and in particular make sure that they abide by the fact that, you know, we are in care. We're guardians of children while they're in our care, and it's very important that uh, every church, every religious organisation is aware because, really, we've got to look after children and uh, young people in terms of uh, making sure they're not abused. Well, churches need to be the safest place for our children in the community. Hey, a quick mention of upcoming events. We mentioned this week's webinar. You've got another meeting that's going on very shortly, uh, one with Mark Latham, another one uh, with Fred Nile. Uh, Give us an insight into those meetings coming up. Yes, as soon as I hang up here, Neil, I'll be off to see Mark Latham because his parental rights bill was knocked back by Parliament, as you, you're probably aware, and and I think that's really, really sad. So it's going to, it was defeated quite uh, poor, 29 to 2, I think, or whatever it was. Um, we have to make sure, and he's looking at this, to reintroduce that bill because parental rights is a big issue. And if, it, and if what, what's happening overseas comes to Australia, then parents are in big trouble. The other one, too, is I'm so pleased to mention this, and I'll talk about this later, but the Reverend Honourable Fred Noll is going to reintroduce or resurrect, he's telling me, this Easter, which is a play on words, obviously, but he's going to resurrect the Anti-Discrimination Amendment Religious Freedom Bill 2018, because Mark Latham's was knocked back. He's going to now make sure that it's reintroduced. So that's very encouraging from both of those politicians now. Okay. Well, no doubt we'll get an update from you perhaps next week on how things progress with those. Uh, Wonderful getting your insights as always. And uh, Greg Bondar, let me point people to familyvoice.org.au and uh, there'll be 
articles and resources on the Family Voice website, uh, keeping up with some of these issues that we talk about. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.